And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with us today is Dr. John Vance. He is former pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church, Rock Tavern, New York, now living in West Virginia. And Pastor Vance, it's an honor to have you on with us today. Well, it's my privilege. The other day we exchanged a quick email Our son, Tim, had found a website. Maybe it was sent to him. I don't know. And it was um, encouraging people not to have children. (laughs) And it was uh, very down on having children. And it was uh, a stark contrast to the uh, biblical position that God has given us wonderful children to Uh, bring into our family, to raise, to send off uh, into the world, to be witnesses, and to not only that, but to build businesses and churches and ministries and everything. So it was a a stark contrast. So I don't know. Have you ever seen uh, that sentiment expressed before, Pastor Vance, that people basically don't love children. Oh my, we had a family in the church uh, that had eight children and uh, they have eight children and uh, they were walking through the aisle at ShopRite and uh, this couple came up to them and said, are those your children? And said, yes. And they rebuked them on the spot for so having many children and thought they were <sighs> selfish um, and said so to them face to face. So yes, that sentiment has has been expressed uh, in, in uh, Christian, toward Christian families that I know about. I know other stories, but uh, th- this goes back uh, probably thirty or forty years, fifty years, starting with the population quote explosion. Yes, was it Paul Ehrlichman? Was that his name? Uh, who wrote a book about the population explosion, mm. and uh, this this kind of, in a practical way, kicked off that movement. It didn't theoretically and intellectually, but in a practical way, it kicked off the movement of trying to reduce the world's population and really despising people having children yeah. uh, in, in elite quarters. Yeah. So, yes, it's it's been around. It just is now uh, coming to full force, and there is a political movement that's not backing down from any radical position uh, that's willing to push this at this point. Mm. Uh, you can see it, of course, in, in uh, Disney's response to the Florida law. Uh, it's really hostility towards children. Yeah, no question about it. I think back to the early days of our family, and Lord blessed us with four children. And sometimes I think back, I wouldn't mind, you know, one more as I as I think about it. But um, we had three boys and one girl, and each each of those children, now grown, uh, have children of their own. And this is a wonderful blessing. I, I can't think of uh, in this world uh, much much greater blessings than that of covenant children and seeing them grow up to. And especially as they um, walk in the faith, they grow up to love Christ and serve him. And then their children are told about the Christian faith. And we're praying for our grandchildren now 
and training them as best we can. We're only grandparents. We're not the parents. But um, we want to see many Christians come forth um, just from one family. And if more Christian families would do that, um, it would help <laughs> in very practical oh, ways. Sure. You know, just very practical ways. I was in the Kroger store all about two months ago, and I've done this several times, what I'm going to tell you, and I saw a young father holding his baby. And I said, how old is your baby? And uh, he said, uh, two months. I said, well, that is wonderful. I said, you know, the greatest thing on earth, uh, speaking from my own experience, is to be a father. Yeah. And everything else is secondary. (laughs) <laughs> to bring up children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That is my privilege. And now I have grandchildren, and I'm delighted to have the opportunity to have input in uh, into their lives. Yes. So, yes, we have to once again champion uh, fatherhood and motherhood. Yeah, yeah. There's many um, biblical accounts of families and children being born. Um, do any Bible accounts come to your mind as you think back? Well, of course, the famous Samuel passage uh, and, and his dear mother who, who gave him up uh, because he was a gift from God to, the, uh, to Samuel, uh, the same famous uh, uh, passage there to the, the priest there in the temple. Yeah. And so uh, that, that is a wonderful story to go back and read. And But, but even from uh, the psalmist. You, you can just ch- take many places in the psalms, and and you see how how uh, wonderful uh, and blessed it is to have children. Uh, I think I think Psalm. Uh, I looked this up. Psalm one twenty seven. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the woman is rewarded. Um, and 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 in that same psalm, uh, lo, children are a heritage of the Lord. Heritage of the Lord. Uh, that that is uh, where we start. Mm. Uh, children are from the Lord, and uh, we, He lends us these children. We really don't own them; they're 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 from God and entrusted to us and to uh, our stewardship. And and we are to love them with with our hearts and minds and souls, like we love God, except we love Him supremely. Yeah. So that's that's uh, uh, some wonderful verses in the yeah. Bible. Amen to that. Yeah. Today we're talking with Dr. John Vance, and uh, he may be familiar to you, those of you who listen to Redeemer Broadcasting. Um, Children, yes, they are a heritage of the Lord, and um, sometimes this heritage, these heritages, (laughs) uh, they're they're disobedient, they have dirty diapers, they they break things. I like to joke with people and say, you know... um, Children are designed to break houses. You didn't know that? <laughs> and uh, I, I just, uh, I'm lighthearted in saying that. But yeah, I mean, things are going to break. And um, we can't place too great a value on the things of this world. Um, you know, we care for what God has entrusted to us, physical. But there's nothing that compares to a child. It's a, it's a miracle sitting <laughs> <laughs> right in front of your oh, eyes, my. you know? Uh, was it the promise to Abraham, I will be a God to you and to your children. Yes. It envisions that Abraham and Sarah would be fruitful, and their children 
would be fruitful and continue uh, the line of the promise of God's covenant blessing. Mm. Uh, covenant, of course, is a is a word that maybe some of your listeners have not heard, but it it, it means pact or uh, agreement. It means a little more, but but a rough equivalence. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the Bible, uh, God deals with us through uh, covenant promises, and one of them pertains to our children, that I will be a God to you and to your children. And then on the day of Pentecost, and this is wonderful, and those in the Reformed tradition take this very seriously, I will be a God to you and to your children, meaning that the Abrahamic uh, promise and covenant is renewed. I will be a God to you and to your children, as many as are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. So uh, children also, uh, from Christian believers, are in a special relationship called a covenant relationship. Yes. That is such a blessing to me personally, and it took a long time into my life before it really sunk in, and uh, I praise God for that. Uh, Children. So these children can be disobedient. So you could have a child that you're, you're... you're training and bringing up in the admonition of the Lord, and sometimes that child, um, short-term, perhaps even long-term, will break your heart. How do you deal with that? To remember the promise that I will be a God to you and to your children. Amen. Uh, Of course, as a pastor, I've had many come to me. I can remember one woman who... uh, Within our church, she she was a big factor in our vacation Bible schools, but she had a couple of wayward sons, and she used to come to me, and we would talk over the years, and finally she got it through her head what it meant to be in covenant relationship with her children. Mm. And uh, one day she said to me, as she sat at the piano uh, finishing up Bible school session for that hot August, and she said to me, Pastor, I have... uh, relied on this promise ever since we've uh, I've come to understand it in our conversations uh, that God will be a God to me and to my children until my dying breath. I, I pray and believe that I will see them come to know That's right. and walk in the paths of the Lord. That's right. So remember that promise, parents. Uh, yes, children can be wavered and do many things and disappoint you. There's nothing here in this life uh, that's going to uh, prevent such things. We, we live in a world of where we are, uh, in one sense, cursed. Uh, we, we earn our bread by the sweat of our brow, and problems uh, can and do happen. Uh, and our children sometimes don't follow us, but I believe in the end we trust God's promise. Uh, we will see that fruit mm-hmm. come uh, to uh, that fruit in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Some children are... Um kind of on a pathway, maybe even early on, you know, that that child is kind of um, engineer-like, you know, that the child has thinks a certain way and acts a certain way and is able to take things apart and put them back together, and you say, I wouldn't be too surprised, <laughs> but what th- this kid grows up to be a, an engineer, an architect, uh, a software designer or something, we've, we've got... One in particular that comes to my mind, and um, but then sometimes um, certainly God can change things, uh, and He does later in the child's life. Now and then, one of these children are called to become 
a pastor. And you were a pastor. I mean, what was it like uh, growing up and then all of a sudden, maybe, or gradually, realizing that you're called to the pastorate? What was that like? I had a, a father and mother that were very devout, and I wasn't. I, I, they, they were converted to Christ when I was probably in the third grade, and I grew up uh, going to church but not really embracing the faith. But they were very profoundly Christian, particularly my father. And um, uh, uh, to, to cut uh, to the chase, uh, uh, I didn't come to faith until I was in my 20s. Mm. Uh, and then I felt called of God. But you mentioned engineering. When I took vocational testing in the 10th grade, we had to do that. There was a big brown envelope we sat down to at a table and took. And I was supposed to be an engineer. That's what my oh. uh, everything pointed to, that I should be an engineer. Well, uh, I didn't take that seriously. I liked reading novels and things like that. And so I, I climbed toward the humanities. And uh, after my conversion, I, I, all of this came uh, to a head when I had to decide uh, whether God was calling me or not, uh, yeah. and I didn't know. I said, well, I don't think so, but I'm going to go to seminary anyway. <laughs> Before I got out of seminary, I had uh, decided the Lord wanted me in the pastoral ministry. No, oh, that's very interesting. Well, I'm so glad that you listened to that call, because God has blessed your ministry for many years, and now uh, a pastor, um, he, he's got a lot to do, and yet that doesn't rule out other, like, smaller vocations or sub-vocations, and, and you had that in your life. You were also an educator. Yes, I was uh, retired as a lecturer. I lectured in colleges, uh, mainly uh, uh, in the SUNY system. Uh, for 20 years, and uh, I, 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 rather than take off time and go study and things like that, I decided that I would rather teach uh, about three courses a year and uh, study that way and, um, of course, earn a little money to help put my kids through school. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I spent 20 years in the college uh, environment and uh, enjoyed it, and, and uh, it was a wonderful experience and ha- and I think in some ways I was put there to help those struggling Christian students in college that were being battered by the uh, <laughs> spirit of the age. Oh, I can and, imagine. Uh, so so uh, I could just see them drinking in uh, uh, the courses that I taught uh, from a perspective that didn't destroy their faith but built them up. Yes. Well, today we're talking about children and having children, and raising children. And um, in our family, when it was younger, we had three boys and one girl. And uh, each of them were special, of course. Um, The girl, what was unique, was that she was born on my wife's birthday. (laughs) So, yeah, they share the same birthday, and that was always kind of neat. We enjoyed that. Um, and I know her, and what a wonderful girl she is. A wonderful girl. <laughs> She's a blessing. Um, and, and so, a nurse. Yeah, she is a nurse, and she... Um, she's not nursing right now, and that's not to say that she won't get back to it. Uh, she's also got a little business she's running, kind of on the side, now somewhat full-time. 
And I don't know how she gets it all done. Um, my wife and myself, we have the privilege of babysitting quite often the various <laughs> grandchildren. <laughs> and and um, it's always, always wonderful to see the grandchildren. Now, um, we're talking about children and how they're born into a family. What about that couple that um, is fearful? You know, we've just come through a pandemic, and we're fearful over many things, perhaps. Maybe you're fearing that the government is looking into your life too much, that maybe they're overreaching their God-given authority. And you're saying to yourself, why would I want to ever bring up a child in this mess? Uh, any any words of encouragement for a parent who's kind of thinking things through, Pastor Vance? Uh, unfortunately, I've heard a number of young people, uh, particularly young women who are either early on in their marriage or uh, thinking about marriage, uh, saying something that, that you just mentioned. Uh, why would I want to bring up a child in this kind of world? Well, it is a tough world because uh, we now have uh, an elite in this country, and I can speak for America and probably somewhat for Britain, I've listened to the BBC enough, uh, that there is an attempt subtly at first, but now openly, of separating the children from the parents. Yes. As if the parents are not responsible for the children, but the government. And, and there's, a, of course, in this last election in Virginia, there, that was the struggle. Uh, who is responsible for the child? Uh, who takes care of the child? And, and of course, in the Christian faith, uh, clearly it's the parent. Mm. Uh, our children are a heritage from the Lord, and we are to bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. But these school boards seem to think that they have control over the children. <laughs> right. And today I just read where... Uh, our government, uh, this pre- current administration, is encouraging um, puberty blockers and things like that. Uh, this is outrageous, if you want to know the truth. It is. Uh, this is a violation against children. Uh, uh, some of our schools are actually grooming these children uh, to follow uh, their own ways and their sexual practices. And the government is supposed to support families, but today it seems that they are undermining families. Um, so, so this we live in a time where our children are being attacked from many sides in school, and we don't even know about it. But mm. what 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 is happening is they're trying to pervert these children. I think uh, it, 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 it's sick. It is. It's a flight from reality, Dan. It's a flight from reality. What is uh, not only against God, but against nature, the way we're built and made. Yes. And and so, well, yeah, we're living in very tough times, and I can understand the sentiment. Yes. Well, why do I want to bring children up in an environment like this? But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, and the promises of God can withstand all of those attempts. Mm. Uh, so, so I, I double down on embracing the idea that children are a heritage from the Lord and a blessing, uh, and, and that we are to to have children and to bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Yes. So, so that that is my take on that. <laughs> well, I think that's a wonderful position. 
the children that God gives us are a wonderful gift. And I think the parent that has had these uh, inclinations of, well, I'm not sure we should bring one in to this world, and looking back at it, uh, more times than not, uh, the Christian parent will say, oh, thank God that we had this child, because it really is a blessing from him. Yes. it's Well, it's fulfillment of God's purpose for the person. Not everyone's going to have children. I don't no. mean to say that. There are uh, some people can't. Some people psychologically do not believe that they can handle it, and maybe they're right. They're not in a position. Right. I understand those things. Or maybe you're in a war zone. That would be a poor time to have children. Yes. Uh, we'd have to flee. So there are many circumstances like that that, of course, it's understandable. But in the normal course of things, uh, it's God's will for uh, a man and a woman who are married to have children and to bring them up in the Lord. Uh, and it's a delicate matter of raising children. Uh, uh, I think it says in Ephesians, you may know the passage off the top of your head, but it says, Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Yes. I think that's the way the King James says it. Uh, we, we have to be uh, uh, smart and and uh, godly in the way we raise our children uh, to bring them up. But boy, isn't it a wonderful thing to have this heritage. And uh, let me mention... Uh, a, a book. I read uh, a book last year. I uh, got it off of a Federalist website on uh, future populations. We are in a population decline around the world. The problem in the future will not be too many children. The problem in the future is going to be too few. Yes. No country in the Western world has a replacement uh, of families uh, with children. Uh, your mothers and fathers are not replacing themselves. I think it's 2.1 mm-hmm. uh, that you need, the ratio. And in in, in Germany, Italy, France, uh, America, go on and on and on. The replacement rate is less than that. Mm. And the same is true also in places in the world where we're told that they're having a tremendous number of children. And there are some places like in Africa and some Arab countries, but even even a country like Iran is not replacing itself. Uh, China is not replacing itself. So uh, we're going to have uh, not a population explosion. Uh, We're going to have uh, a population that is diminished in the future. Mm. And how much more should we embrace this command to go forth and multiply? Yeah, yeah, good point. Uh, We've got a couple minutes left. I did want to mention one more thing. That was education We've talked before about homeschooling. Uh, Today I want to just touch on for one minute uh, the private school. And um, our grandson um, is attending a preschool with Chapelfield, uh, little Nathaniel. And um, he's a very active boy. So we we were seeing um, him getting used to the idea and thriving, actually, under that preschool, and we went to a um, a Christmas party where the the children had to memorize things and also sing songs. And I was very impressed over what Chapelfield Christian School is doing. And I just wanted to mention that um, whether you're homeschooling or private school uh, or 
still in the public school. These children, like Pastor Vance has said here, they belong to God, and um, we must tend to their education as well. Any any wrap-up thoughts on education? My uh, uh, grandson, he's uh, three and a half, and he goes uh, to a nursery school. Uh, it's it's a, a black Baptist church. Uh, they have a nursery school. It's a wonderful nursery school, and he's thriving. And yeah. He loves to go. Uh, they serve the community, black, white, whatever, and it's a wonderful uh, thing. Yes, I have I have some things uh, to close out here with about uh, education. Our other older granddaughter, seven, is in Orangewood Christian School in Florida, and it's she's thriving. She just left. Mother took her out of the public school and put her there. It's a sacrifice, a real sacrifice. But boy, has she come alive. <laughs> anyway. I would remind parents not to allow anything to come between them and their bond with their children. Uh, This is very important in this time, uh, that you have a covenant bond with your child if you're a believer, and uh, and if you're not abusing or something like that, no one should uh, break that bond. And and I think uh, uh, we're going to have to be much more aware of the philosophies that are prevailing around us. We don't have time to discuss that today. But we live at a time when uh, these philosophies are what are called nihilistic. They're destructive of morals. They're destructive of civilization. They're destructive of human life. And we need to be more informed about these matters and what we can do uh, to arm ourselves against such. So life is a gift from God, and it must not be squandered uh, or or destroyed. We, we, we're here to uphold life, and particularly the life of our children. Uh, It's a beautiful summary. Our guest today has been Dr. John Vance, and uh, he was the former pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern, New York, now living in West Virginia. He's also an advisor and board member here at Redeemer Broadcasting, and we just love this guy. Pastor Vance, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Dan. And dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer. 